play a game. Is that a Unix book? Ah, ah, ah. You didn't say the magic word. Ah, ah, ah. The files are in the computer? We're only using a simple polyphonetically grouped 20 square digit key transpose from booster phonic form with multiple nulls. After very careful consideration, sir, I've come to the conclusion that your new defense systems suck. So the combination is one, two, three, four, five. So it's a code breaker. No, it's the code breaker. On today's episode of The Cyber Dad. The Cyber The Cyber Dad. I'm glad we don't do stupid voices. <laughs> we just did stupid voices. We did stupid voices. Well, today's episode, we, we kind of combined our unpacked news in the feature, didn't we, Mike? We did. It yeah. was so much content. We just yeah. couldn't just separate get, it. We just one t- one take it, one took it. <laughs> what's the what's the English there? I don't know. <laughs> done taking it? Yeah, we done taking it. Well, it's a, it was a conversation with Joe Beckman from CyberTap. Let's jump in. Today, we've got Dr. Joe with us. Dr. Doctor. Hey, Doc. How's it going? Oh, it's great. How are you? He's going to get really sick of us calling him Dr. Joe, isn't he? Yep. He's the only one on staff. <laughs> we can do that, right? No, we have some. We have Dr. Jim. Oh, we have Dr. Brian. Executive producer. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> We've got doctors everywhere. We're not doctors. No. Yeah. That's too much school. Only trained in the, you know, the school of hard knocks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've got Dr. Joe with us today because we want to talk about uh, this rash. Uh, I say rash a lot, don't I? Well, it's you, weird. You might need makes to see me a wonder about you. <laughs> speaking hey, Joe. Speaking of doctors, that no. So there is a string. <laughs> There's a series. I see. I have seen a number of stories uh, in the news over the last year of local governments in the state of Indiana being cyber attacked and and quite severely and and typically around ransomware attacks. Money, 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 money. <laughs> exactly. So uh, places like Lake County, LaPorte County, Vigo County, Madison County. I mean, there's been a number of them. Um, I'm a LaPorte County guy. I was born and raised. And so they, they got the hometown area for me. And so uh, Joe has some insight. I hope for us. So Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on, kind of unpack those news stories that I've seen. Yeah. So some of this is just the result of other people getting better at cybersecurity. Um, You know, as people get better, uh, attackers look for new targets and uh, local governments, especially in Indiana, are pretty, uh, pretty good targets. Um, A lot of government happens at the county level, at the municipal mm-hmm, level mm-hmm. here in Indiana. And so they've been pretty rich targets. Um, you know, they don't always have the best funding, um, right. depending on what county it is. I mean, what county really has the funding to, to deal with, you know, what are sometimes, you know, state actors or foreign attackers um, that are well-resourced. So it seems like, you know, county government's a good target because there's a number of very critical services that run through our county governments, right? And so if we can impact those, the, the impact to people is significant. And where there's impact, then there's the potential for extortion or, I mean, what? Yeah, well, I mean, so there are multiple reasons why this is, this can be a fruitful attack for for somebody looking to attack a network. I mean, you can stop essential services like police, fire, EMS, that type of thing, uh, which really gets people upset. Uh, at the local level, you, yeah, you can I, imagine. I so you, you call nine one one, nobody answers, or right? The, or doesn't ring. That, yeah, that, that'll tweak you a little bit. Um, but also, just local government services by themselves. You know, if you can't, for example, you know, if you have uh, people who are in jail and ready to bond out and they can't, you know, um, and they are put in, they stay in jail for longer. That's right. a legal problem for. That's them. a legal. Well, it's a legal problem for the county too because right. they have a right to you know due process and to be processed quickly, right? So a, a lot of the services that we really rely on um, in this state come through the counties. And so 
uh, that's shutting those down can be particularly effective when you uh, if you're looking for money or if you're looking to cause some kind of political problem for that government. Right. So this isn't a unique Indiana. No, no, it's happening all over the place. So I've seen some, I saw, was it in, I think, Louisiana, a school, fairly large school district got shut down. They had to keep kids home from school, right? Did I, I did. see that? Yes, you did. Yeah. I, I, I'm not you, so I don't know. <laughs> are you sure you're not me, Mike? I mean, I, I feel like sure. We, I feel like we, you know, we are one share a brain. Body, two brains. <laughs> yeah. Producer Jim's just pulled up an article about Puerto Rico. They got hit by a big fishing scam recently. So it's all over the news, but it is, it's an issue here for sure. It is. And so what we, you know, it's happened so often to so many governments and organizations more broadly, what we often tell people is, you know, the best thing, the, the place to start is to build up your ability to uh, recover uh, first and foremost, because somewhere along the line, it will happen to you. So if you can recover well and you can minimize your, mm-hmm, the damage, mm-hmm. that, that's really where we start. So, so how many of these scenarios can actually get resolved without having to pay? whatever the ransom request is? Well, you know, with ransomware, um, so if you talk to the FBI, they will always tell you don't pay. Um, And that's fine if you have the ability to restore systems effectively um, and there isn't critical data that you can't live without that is ransomed. Most of the time, though, um, especially in the cases of of counties, you know, there is some payment of ransom. Uh, This is why cyber cyber insurance can be part of the portfolio Mm -hmm. of defensive of of defense. So um, there is usually some payment or there has been. Uh, what we're hoping to do is get people, uh, get counties, get municipalities to the place where their uh, controls are robust enough that they can restore and minimize damage and they don't have to pay. And now a word from our sponsors. Sponsors? We don't have any sponsors. No, we don't have any sponsors. <laughs> I know on, on this particular show we like to unpack the news and go a little deeper but i think we have to be a little bit cautious right because there's legal issues here for these counties for the people that are involved so we don't want to you know we don't want to take it too deep and say who's paying who's not paying why are they paying who engaged their insurance right because when you know if i get a car wreck and i get too many car wrecks people don't want to insure me right and so i think we have to be a little bit cautious you know in these situations um so i think what I'd like to know a little bit about, though, and I've seen this recently, is that the very nature of ransomware is starting to change a little bit. So traditionally, it was, I'm going to encrypt your files. I'm going to hold the keys. You pay me, and I give you the keys back. Okay. What I've seen recently, though, is that now some of these attackers are grabbing the data first, making a copy of it, and they say, if you don't pay, I'm not going to give you keys back, and I'm also going to start to release data out into the wild. So have you seen have you seen that trend here in Indiana yet, or is this just something we're just seeing more globally right now? We haven't seen that yet uh, among the the counties that have been hit and the municipalities here in in the state. I would imagine that it's coming, uh, and part of the incentive there is that a lot of rules around uh, reporting of cybersecurity incidents revolve around whether or not data is taken and redistributed by the attacker. Um, it's you know, if you have a ransomware attack and they lock up your files and you can show that none of that data was exfiltrated, in a lot of cases, you don't have to report that as an incident. If, however, the data is moved and, and you can't either you can't prove that it was was not redistributed or they have proof that it was, that's a much different reporting uh, issue. And nobody wants to be out there as the people who lost data. Right. Never. So if they have your data, how do you insulate yourself? from them releasing it at some later date or 
asking for more you, money. You don't. Uh, the trick is to make sure that they don't they don't get it. Uh, and that's a particular challenge. As Matt noted, you know, as defenses evolve, so do attacks. Right. So what's OK? So we know from what I understand anyway, when I look at these news reports, ransomware comes in through very kind of traditional cyber attack surfaces. So unpatched systems, things of that nature. Is that still the case? Is that still what we're seeing, Joe? Yeah, actually, most of what we've been seeing uh, the ransomware has come in through phishing emails. Phishing, yeah. Right. Uh, so, which is a great segue to what we normally tell most organizations, county, government, or otherwise, which is because most organizations don't do this particularly well. Is you know you need to have policies and procedures, and you also need to train your folks to to know what they're looking at. So. Typical, just as it is typically, the news is a bit depressing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we don't. Why do we go on? I know. Why do we even try? Right, <laughs> but we we do need to try. Right. So the news is kind of grim. So as we unpacked some of these stories that we've seen over the past year, it's not roses and ponies and rainbows and leprechaun farts. <laughs> I don't know. Unicorn farts. <laughs> Unicorn yeah. farts. Yeah, Thank you. you. It's 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 somewhat grim. So I think, you know, we can continue just to harp on that, but I'd rather switch gears and kind of focus on what CyberTap might be able to do or is trying to do in this space. So I know, Joe, uh, we've talked about it at length off air, uh, but we're really interested in helping with this issue. Yes. Helping specifically the public sector in Indiana. We talk public sector, we think local governments, municipalities, and even K-12. And so what... What, what are we thinking? What can we do? I mean, we're we're starting to see if there's some funding out there. We've done some projects. We don't necessarily won't mention our clients in this case, but what I mean, what are we thinking? What can we do here, Joe? Well, you know, we have a lot of things that we can do. Uh, what we're doing most effectively right now is, you know, because people know the Purdue name and we've we've made ourselves available um, in the space, we get a lot of people talking to us about their experience and how they can improve for next time. Um, and so a lot of times simply bringing those groups together, people who have been ransomware or had a cyber incident with, with those who have not, um, lessons learned and, 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 and things that they can do better, uh, or they would do better do differently next time. That's a powerful thing. So, so convening, uh, those groups together is the th one thing that we really do well. Um, we also of course have expertise both within this group and on campus. So we do a lot of training, a lot of policy, a lot of that type of work. Um, and probably the flagship service that we offer is uh, assessment. Right. So it's to check for the, the kind of some of the most obvious things. Sometimes you're too close to it. And you can't see it yourself. Yep. So we give an extra set of eyes. Yeah. So silver lining is you prepare. So you prevent these attacks, but you have the slush fund. So you get all this extra money, you can do something fun. Yeah, I don't think that's the way it works at no. all. No. Yeah, there's <laughs> a slush so. fund? Yeah, let's let's see. Can we get some of that? No. Um, so, yeah, I think one thing you mentioned, Joe, that I find uh, most interesting is the, the convening of these folks. And so I know you have made some inroads and some connections with some groups around the state uh, that are, are thinking about this or talking about this. And hopefully we'll continue to carry on those relationships as well. I think it's really important. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So what else, you know, if, you, if there's anything else uh, our listeners need to know about either kind of the, this, this series of news stories we see about Indiana ransomware on local governments or the future for local governments, do you have any kind of parting words that you think we could add? Any closing thoughts? Yeah. Well, I, you know, 
Um, as much as we like to talk about technical solutions, and certainly there are a lot of them to consider, patching is certainly one of them, you know, segmentation of network, all of that type of thing. Um, probably the, the best thing that you can do, even if you have no cyber background, no technical background, um, but you work in a county or you, you live in a municipality and you, you're, you're trying to make sure your municipality doesn't, isn't the next one on the list, uh, you can train people or you can find training to train people. Uh, because like I said, even now, most of what we're seeing is coming in through uh, ransomware email, uh, email that contains ransomware. Um, it's, so they're using the people in the organization to get through other defenses. Um, so you got to make those people as aware about phishing as you can make them. Right. Great. Thanks, Joe. So Mike is as good as Dr. Joe and George and the team are at helping. We, we can't, we can't solve all these problems ourselves, but if there is something we can do, we want people to reach out to us. We want to help in this space as much as we can to continue to see Indiana grow and strive. I mean, I'm a Hoosier by birth. And a boilermaker by the grace of God, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, if, if you're out there listening and, and you want some help, reach out to us, cyber.tap.purdue.edu. You can look up Dr. Joe, you look up myself or George or anyone on our team to get some assistance in this area. Yep. Please contact us. Yeah. All right. That was Dr. Joe Beckman of CyberTap. Thanks again, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Well, that's the episode for today, Mike. Yes, hopefully everybody enjoyed themselves. I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thanks for listening. If you uh, liked what you heard. You know the drill. You know the drill. You can like, subscribe, leave a review, reach out to us on our email address, I suppose, cybertappodcast at purdue.edu. Let us know what you like, what you didn't like, and what you want to hear next.